Fivefold Church is the name of our church. And the reason that God gave us that name is because He is restoring the fivefold ministry to the church. Not that He ever wanted it to go away, but we haven't seen the fivefold ministry in the body of Christ by and large really since the Acts Church. Now, the fivefold ministry is the ministry of the five offices that it mentions in Ephesians 4.11. Jesus says, as he ascended to heaven, he gave the church, he gave the believers, the body of Christ, gifts. And these gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This is Ephesians 4.11. And it says that he gave the church these gifts specifically for a purpose, for a very important purpose. And that purpose was for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies uh, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So to sum it up, God gave us all of these offices so that we wouldn't remain baby Christians, that we wouldn't be lukewarm Christians, but that we would be mature, powerful, grown-up vessels of God who were mature in wisdom and discernment, could walk as a, not as a baby who needs babysitting, but can identify lies of the devil that come in the mind and, and, and can powerfully have victory all of the time, who, who knows the word of God, who understands the word of God, who has had a revelation of the word of God, who has received impartation of the power of God. So the power of God is flowing through them. God never intended us to be just churchgoers on Sunday, lukewarm, one foot in the world, baby Christians who constantly get beat up by the devil and who are constantly beating up brothers and sisters because they are not mature in the Lord. God never intended that, but he intended us to be mature and powerful. So how do we get that way? Well, he tells us, this passage I just read to you, Ephesians 4.11, he tells us this is how the body, you, can be mature, a mature powerful vessel of God who won't be deceived by the enemy, who won't be deceived by a different false doctrine that comes. But you will be mature in wisdom because of the anointing that all of these different offices of ministry carry. So when you are receiving the ministry of an apostle right now, for example, you are not just hearing words, you're not just hearing teaching, but you're receiving impartation. You're receiving the anointing of the apostle. The purpose of the apostle is they help lay the foundation. They teach foundational truths and they make sure that you grow, mature, um, that you are protected from the enemy's schemes. They help prepare the way for prophetic ministry for the prophets. They care so much that the believers would be mature and strong. That's why they're so in the foundation. They build the foundation and then they maintain the foundation. So they have a special grace of care for the believers, care about your maturity, care that you wouldn't be deceived, care that you could be a powerful vessel. That's, that's, an anointing of the apostles. So you are receiving this impartation of wisdom, of maturity, of growth as you, in Revelation, as you receive 
you're in the place of receiving, not just listening, like you can listen to a speaker, any old speaker or the TV, but you should be in the posture right now of receiving. This is my time to receive impartation power of God, to truly grow in the spiritual realm, not grow in worldly knowledge, but grow in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. So um, we see so much immaturity and so much uh, confusion in the body of Christ because we don't have all five offices, because we don't have apostles, because we don't have prophets. By, I'm saying by and large right now. So right now, God is restoring the fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. That is very exciting because that means we are going to look like how the Acts Church looked and beyond, which means we are going to really see the power of God flowing, moving, miracles happening. It is revival time. Hallelujah. We see mostly evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the most part, in the body of Christ. So we're going to see a real big restoration of apostles and prophets true apostles and true prophets. Prophets are so necessary to the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4.11, this passage I just read to you, this is talking about Jesus is pouring upon these gifts to the New Testament church. Yes, there are prophets in the Old Testament, but there's also prophets in the New Testament. In fact, they even called some of them by name in the Acts Church. We see Agabus. We see Silas. We see Barnabas. These are some of the, the prophets that we see. Hallelujah. Prophets. We see these prophets in the New Testament. We see them by name, that they were actually in the Acts Church. So there are never supposed to be an end of prophets or apostles. Uh, the purpose of the prophet, they speak a new word from God. God has given them a special grace to be the eyes of the body and the mouth of the body. That they would see things that not other believers could see, actually. God is just given, it's just God's order that he gives a special grace. That he chooses to reveal to the body of Christ certain things through the office of the prophet. That's just how he works. And he does this in an amazing, he's just full of wisdom. God's wisdom is beyond ours. It's not for us to question. But you can see how this means that there will be order in the body of Christ. When God speaks through a true prophet and the prophet speaks, God says this. God says we're going this way. For example, God spoke through Moses. The time for deliverance is now. The time to be freed from Egypt is now. God is going to do mighty signs and wonders. You need to follow my direction, follow my lead. God has anointed me as a true prophet to lead you all out of Egypt. So fortunately, they eventually believed him, believed that God was speaking through him. Um, and because they did that, they were able to receive freedom. Now imagine if some were like, I don't believe this. God didn't tell me this on my personal time. And, and imagine if everyone's saying different things. I think God told me this. I think God told me this. You can see how there will be confusion. So a big purpose that God brings prophets is so that the body of Christ can be in order. So the body of Christ can know this is what God is doing now. This is where God wants us to go now. This is what God is saying now corporately for us to know this is what God says. Also, God uses prophets to um, speak to even individuals what God says about their life, uh, what their calling is. That was my case. I was pursuing being a Christian pop EDM singer, songwriter, and um, one day I went to a conference and a prophet prophesied to me, you were actually called to be an apostle. And there's no way in a million years that I could ever think that that was my calling. Public speaking was my biggest fear. I had no clue how to preach. I would look at preachers and be like, whoa, how do they do that? So when I heard that word from him, I was like, what? I felt like Moses. Moses stuttered and he says, how God? 
but God told him it will be my power through you. Just trust. Um, so God used that prophet to speak to me what I could not see and what other Christians and what other people could not see. They couldn't see what God put inside of me, but God revealed to a prophet what was inside of me. And this is powerful because it's a true prophet that prophesied you're an apostle. So it's not me saying, God called me to be an apostle. Um, you know, and there are different, there are some cases where Jesus can appear to someone and say, you're called to be this. But for the most part, it will be anointed prophets or anointed apostles, true prophets or apostles or other fivefold ministries who have a prophetic gift that God will reveal to them this person is called to be an apostle. This person is called to be a pastor. This person is called to be a teacher. This way, we really know it's God anointing the person, not someone just thinking that they should do this or someone just wanting to do this. Um, these offices of ministry, you shouldn't, you shouldn't just jump to do it because you think you want to. Um, if you are not called by God, it's going to be trouble because you're not anointed to do that. So prophets, uh, they also warn the body of Christ. They can warn, they can, they direct, um, they edify, they lift up. They can see the gold and beauty that, that, that God's put in someone, or they can see how the devil has teared someone down and they can speak God's word to them. That rhema present tense word, rhema, means present tense word of God. So prophets are so important and so necessary, so necessary to the body of Christ that we can know what God is doing, what God is saying. And there's some, there's some of you out there who God has anointed you to come in contact with a prophet like I have, like I had, or maybe an apostle with a prophetic gift. God's anointed you to come in contact with them, just like my testimony, and they will speak what you are called to do. So this is such a gift to the body of Christ. God wants to know how, how much he wants us to value, value and respect the office of prophets. For so long, the devil has tried to belittle the office of the prophets. Um, with certain people abusing the office of the prophet, people who weren't truly called to be prophets, saying they are prophets, and then people hurt, people hurt by what they did, by what they spoke. Um, many people have been hurt, and now they don't even want to hear the word prophet. So anytime they hear prophet, they immediately become skeptical, they immediately say, well, the Bible says that there are, are false prophets. And it's true, the Bible does say that there are, are false prophets. But if there are false prophets, that also means that there has to be true prophets. So, um, you know, God, we're, we're, I'm talking today, I'm going to help you discern between true and false prophets. I'm going to go even deeper today and reveal new things, new ways to help you discern between true and false prophets. But first, first before we get there, you have to know God's heart for prophets and how and what's been going on in the spiritual realm. That the devil has really attacked this office because if you don't have eyes, how can you see? So there has been tremendous blind spots and in some cases full blindness in the body of Christ for a while. The devil loves that. The devil can hide when nobody can see him. When someone can see, then he's in trouble, you see? So um, first of all, we must understand that the office of the prophet is a gift to the body of Christ, that it is necessary, it's not optional, that God is restoring this office to the body of Christ. And God wants, God wants you to know apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I need all of them for my spiritual health and growth. I need, according to Ephesians 4, 11, which I just read to you, and I encourage you, go read it. Write it down right now so you can read it after this. Ephesians 4, 
verse 11 and read the following scriptures. But it says clearly why you as a believer need these offices. It is the way that God has chosen to develop you, to nurture you, to protect you, to help you to grow. Just like we need teachers and we need doctors and we need mom and dad as a child, there's certain people that have a place in our life to help us be the strongest, best person we can be, grow up to be the best person we can be. It's like that in the body of Christ. God uses people, vessels. So God comes through these offices in unique ways, vital ways that you need. So um, God wants you to revere and honor and respect these offices of ministry because they are there for your good. It's so important that we have this kind of respect and honor and revere. Like this is truly an apostle speaking right now, or this is truly a prophet speaking right now, or this is truly a, an, a, a teacher speaking right now, etc. This is my time to receive. This is God moving through this person. This is my time to go higher. This is my time to grow. This is my time to receive a miracle. God wants you to have that reverence because it's the way he chooses to move. So he wants you to have that honor and reverence. Ah, this is my time to receive from God. This isn't just anybody speaking, but this is how I'm gonna grow spiritually so much. Thank you, Jesus. When we start having that honor and respect for the way that God chooses to move, that's what makes him move. That's the key of when he really comes. We have to honor, respect, hunger him, and then we pull upon him to move. Yes, I've seen people who are hungry and in this place of reverence and respect in, in, the, in, in, the, in the church, in the, in, the, in the presence of God or virtually online. And I've seen just God touch them so powerfully. I mean, weeping and you can see visibly the Holy Spirit touching them and miracles happening. And at the same exact time, you see other people just untouched at all, just like standing there, nothing happening. Why? Because of the posture of their heart because they're not having that reverence and respect. They're not welcoming the Holy Spirit to have his way. So God is restoring the fear of God into the church in this respect and reverence for these true offices of ministry. So Matthew 7:15 it says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits." So good fruit must come from a good tree and bad fruit has to come from a bad tree. It goes on to say, by their fruits, you will know them. So here we have this passage in Matthew, New Testament, talking about their beware of false prophets. First of all, because it says beware, it is not meaning to go into skeptical, scared mode. God never calls us to be skeptical. God calls us to be childlike and mature. You need, you need, this is very important that you're here right now listening and receiving because you're gaining wisdom. So when, there, when the time comes where you see a false prophet and you come to the place of trying to discern if it's a false prophet or not, you can discern because you have wisdom. You don't, you don't go into fear mode. You don't go into skeptical, critical judgment mode because those things God never calls us to do. Only God judges. But you go into the place of childlike faith. I have faith in my father. He's given me wisdom and discernment. Yes, I can tell. I see what's going on here. I can tell what's going on in the spiritual realm because of how God has equipped me and I've grown in wisdom, and I've grown in maturity. So if you don't feed yourself like what you're doing right now, you're feeding yourself. You're receiving right now. If you don't feed yourself, then you'll be, it'll be easy to be deceived by a false prophet. But God wants you to have confidence and rest as long as you are feeding yourself 
as long as you are surrendered to God, you will be hearing the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth. So this is very important for the body of Christ to hear. For so long, people have been jumping to skepticism and fear. And when they hear the word prophet, oh, there's a prophet. Um, there's a prophet coming to minister. Many people will be like, oh, there's false prophets, so I don't even want to come. But there are true prophets too, and God needs you to receive from them. Um, in uh, Matthew 10, 41, Matthew. So this is a New Testament scripture once again. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. So in other words, when you have that reverence that I was talking about, that reverence and welcoming and, ah, this is a true prophet of God speaking right now. This is my time to receive a prophet's reward. It's a different kind of reward. This is my time to receive. So um, you are called to, to welcome prophets, true prophets. So now, coming to discerning false prophets, I want to talk about fruits. So first of all, you're not going to be having fear. You're not going to have skepticism. God, first and foremost, wants, to put, wants you to put on this truth that he has spoken, that revival is now, that he's restoring the fivefold ministry, that he's restoring the apostles and prophets. This is very exciting. This is for your good. This means you're going to grow in maturity. This means you're going to receive impartation, anointing, power of God. This means that you're going to be walking out your purpose. This means that you're going to be in the presence of miracles. Revival will be here. You're going to be walking in miracles. This is amazing news. So let that be what reigns in your mind. Like let hope and truth reign in your mind. Let the good news reign in your mind. The good news of Jesus Christ, let that reign in your mind. We're in a season right now where there's false prophets more coming up more prominently than usual. This is not the time to be fearful and skeptical and consumed with false prophets and the horror that they're doing. No, we are never called to do that. We're called to be the light of the world. We are called to spread the good news. We are called to fill our minds with, with heavenly things, with things above. So yes, recognize where there's false prophets. Discern, recognize, take note for your personal spiritual health, but don't dwell on that. Don't dig and dig and try to find more junk and, and, and be amazed at what they're doing and just be consumed by that because that's not going to bring more light in you. You know, recognize that, but move on. You, there's no need to dwell there. There's no need to fill yourselves with judgment. Oh, I can't believe what this person's doing. I can't believe this. And you just dwell on it all day. That's not going to be benefiting the kingdom of God. Okay. So renew your mind with this exciting news. God is bringing revival. Hallelujah. God has amazing plans for me. He has amazing plans for the body of Christ. Yes, don't let yourselves get down. Oh my gosh, there's false prophets around. He said there would be. We're just seeing them now. And he exposes for our good. It's a good thing. He exposes so we, so to help people who were deceived see that they were being deceived. So right now he's revealing certain fruits. He's revealing bad fruits that were hidden before that were covered up with what looked like good fruit. Now this bad fruit is beginning to be revealed. So now what he's doing is since he's restoring the apostles and prophets to the church, now he's making a way for his people, for you to see where God is really at, where true prophets really are. Hallelujah. Um, in in 2 Chronicles 18, I'm going to share a little story in the Bible with you that you might not be familiar with. Um, so, because it's in 2 Chronicles. I know that's not one, it's not Matthew. It's not one that you read as much probably. So I want to, so listen up, uh, pay attention right now and write this scripture down so you can go read it later. I'm just going to sum up the story. This is 2 Chronicles uh, 18, chapter 18, verse 7. So what's going on here is there is a King Ahab and King Ahab, he's a little full of himself and he, he 
he he's a king and he has some pride and he wants to go kill an army. He wants to go fight an army and conquer and win. And this other king, Jehoshaphat, comes by and King Ahab says to him, hey, will you help me go uh, fight this army? And King Jehoshaphat says, sure, of course I will. But, but you got to ask God, what does God say? Ask the prophets what God is saying. Um, so there, that already reveals to you that King Ahab didn't have, the most, didn't have much reverence for God, that the other king had to say, well, wait, hold on. This is very important. We got to ask, we got to see what God wants. Not what you want, what God wants. So what happens is King Ahab calls 400 prophets the Bible says, and these prophets, they actually, King Ahab was not interested ever in knowing God's true will, but he made it very known to these 400 prophets that um, he wanted them to prophesy just what would make him happy. He made it very known to them, and he made it known to these 400 guys that they would be treated very nicely in his state house, would be fed, would get to be famous, would get money. Like they would be treated very well. They just needed to prophesy to him what he wants to hear. So, unfortunately, the Bible says that a spirit deceived these prophets into speaking what the guy wanted to hear. Well, these prophets could not be deceived if their heart was in the right place. Because a true prophet will only speak what God says, no matter what. No matter if somebody wants to hear it, no matter if it's good news or bad news, a true prophet will only speak what God says. So obviously this reveals that these 400 guys who called themselves prophets um, there was some, there was a, there was a lack of surrender. There was a heart issue going on. So they wanted fame, popularity, approval of King Ahab and the benefits more than they wanted God's will to be done. So all of these prophets, 400 of them, that's a lot. They said to King Ahab, God will be with you. You go fight. You go fight that army and God will be with you and you will win. Well, King Jehoshaphat is smart. He's wise. Because after this, after he says, the 400 prophets say that I'm going to win, uh, verse 6, 2 Chronicles 18, verse 6, it says, but Jehoshaphat asked, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? He's basically saying like, is there, is there another prophet? He's having wisdom and discernment. He's, he's literally identifying false prophets in this moment because he has the spirit of God in him, because he is wise, because he's grown in maturity. So he's, he's looking at the fruit in them. He can, he's discerning at this point the fruit of these so-called prophets. Perhaps they weren't exhibiting the character of Jesus completely. Perhaps he could, he could kind of tell that they were just wanting, to, wanting favor of King Ahab, wanting that kind of life. So he says, is there any other prophet, King Ahab? And King Ahab says, there is this one other prophet, but he always says things that I don't want to hear that aren't good for me, so I hate him. Okay, so that's revealing about King Ahab's heart. He's he's saying, I don't care what God says, I just want what's good for me. That's what he's saying. But anyways, he inquires uh, this prophet, Micaiah is his name, Micaiah. Um, He says, there's still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Um, So, Micaiah actually says, so when Micaiah comes, the prophets, they say to him, hey, listen, we've prophesied that he's going to win. So just say that. Just say that. That's what the prophets are telling. The prophets are telling Micaiah. That's manipulation so that they can be seen as right and true and not be exposed. 
So, um, it says in verse 12, look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Verse 13, but Micaiah said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. That's a true prophet. That's a true prophet. He doesn't care about his reputation. He doesn't care what will happen to him. He only cares about God's approval. He only cares about doing God's will. Hallelujah. So Micaiah ends up saying, if you go to war, if you go fight them, you're going to die. I see that you're going to die, King Ahab. Well, King Ahab gets so mad, gets so angry that he throws him in prison, that somebody else slaps him before he goes in prison. He goes in prison and he says, you can't only give him bread and some water. And then Micaiah says, um, if, if you return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, mark my words, all you people. So he says, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. So that's revealing that when a prophet speaks, it must happen. It has to happen. When a true prophet speaks an event like this, like going to war and this is who's going to win. King Ahab's going to die or he's going to live or he's going to win or he's going to lose. Certain like big events like this, if a true prophet speaks it, it has to happen. If a so-called prophet speaks it and it doesn't happen, they are not a true prophet. Um, now, when a true prophet speaks to an individual, like in my case, my case, a prophet spoke to me, you're called to be an apostle. But that requires obedience on my part. If I chose to say, I do not want to be an apostle. I do not want to hear this. I do not want to obey what God said through you, prophet. I'm going to keep singing and keep doing what I was pursuing. That's not going to come to pass. I'm not going to automatically just become an apostle. That's not, never going to happen. So when it's a prophet directing somebody which requires their obedience, that's a different case. It's conditional. The person has to obey. But if the person does obey, it must happen. I'm, and I'm so blessed for that in my life. I'm telling you, I'm so blessed, so blessed by the office of the prophet in my life because God prophesied through him to me, gave me prophetic direction of even what God wants me to do, specific things that God wants me to do to see the promise come to pass, the prophecy come to pass. And so can I tell you what a gift it is to every day rest and have confidence this promise that I'm believing for must happen because a true prophet spoke it and because I'm doing what he told me to do, what God told me to do. Can I tell you that that has been the greatest gift of my entire life? There's nothing like being so confident and just resting. Ah, the promise is going to come to pass. I'm in God's will. There's nothing like that. But when it comes to like, Events like this, like when it's not directing a specific person, do this, do this, and you'll see this. Um, when a prophet speaks something for a major event type thing, it has to come to pass. It has to. It has to come to pass. So it's cut and dry. If there's people saying they're prophets and it doesn't come to pass, they are not true prophets. Um... Prophets, they cannot lie. They cannot make, true prophets cannot make mistakes through prophecy. They, they cannot. Oh, but people, people aren't perfect. But you don't understand. It's because you haven't, many of you haven't seen true prophets. You know, there's a scripture that says, um, James 3.1, My dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. So it's saying like, oh, you want to be a preacher? You want to be a teacher? Honestly, don't be so quick to do that because you have greater 
responsibility great if you mess up if you lead people astray you're held accountable for that so you're judged way more harshly than if you weren't a teacher okay so this passage is talking about a teacher so this passage applies to prophets but on a higher level because remember when we look through the bible god speaks through a prophet whether it's Elijah, whether it's Samuel, whether it's Moses, whether it's Agabus, Barnabas, and Silas in the New Testament, whether it's John the Baptist. And when God speaks through a prophet, God wants the people to believe that word. Take it as it is. Not question. I'm telling when I received the prophecy of that I'm called to be an apostle, I didn't like say, okay, let me give you an interview. Um, let me know your whole past life. Um, are you, what are your qualifications? Um, why should I believe you? <laughs> no, um, because when you have a childlike heart, God gives you the discernment and wisdom to know God is moving through this person. It doesn't come through skepticism and pride that you see God moving, but it comes from having a childlike heart that you can you can identify ah god is moving through this person ah this is a true prophet of god ah and so when i received that word i just accepted it i accepted it there was so much holy spirit confirmation in me saying yes 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 even though you don't want this but this is me that's how god wants us to respond to prophets god got god was very angry at the israelites when they were questioning moses God wanted them to take his word as God's word because he was a prophet. Not everybody. You don't take everybody that says, oh, God told me, God told me. No, but a true anointed prophet, God wants you to to have that reverence, that honor, that respect. This is God speaking now. Yes. Think about John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes with this brand new outlandish message there, weren't, there wasn't a prophet for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Think about that. Hundreds of years, no prophet, no miracles, no power of God. And then all of a sudden, John the Baptist comes on the scene um, looking strange how he's dressed and his, his personality. He's just looking strange. And he's saying, repent from your sins. The Son of God is coming. There's someone greater than I coming. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Like, He's speaking something so new, so outlandish, but there were some people who, even though they never heard of anything like this before, they never heard God speaking them to this in their dreams or in their quiet time, but they had a heart to recognize it was a true prophet of God speaking, and they were able to receive the prophet so they could receive the prophet's reward. They got baptized. Now they're ready and able to receive Jesus when Jesus comes on the scene. And the Bible talks about many of John the Baptist's disciples then became Jesus's disciples. There's an example of receiving the prophet's reward. But you had to take John the Baptist's word for it. You had to have that uh, reverence of this is God speaking. This is a prophet here, a true prophet. God is speaking through him. So, um, God cares about his people so much that he never wants them to be misled. He never wants a prophet to mess up. Like God, God doesn't choose everybody to be prophets. There's not, there's no, there's not a need for like tons and tons of prophets. God carefully chooses his prophets and God sees the heart. He sees the heart and he chooses them knowing that they will have the grace because of their heart and because of God's grace on them, they will have the grace to be able to speak God's word completely. The Bible says that we become more like Jesus every day, every day. The Bible says that we're becoming more into the perfection of Jesus. And so truly when God calls a prophet to be a prophet, like he knows the heart 
Just like he knew Mary's heart. He knew he could trust Mary with that assignment. It wasn't everybody. Mary didn't mess up. Like Mary did the job well. And that was a lot that he was trusting her with. The care of Jesus, like as a child, as a teenager, she could have been irresponsible, neglected him. But God knew her heart and knew that she would follow him every day. So in the same way, when, God, when it's God choosing a prophet, I'm not talking about people saying that they're prophets because they want to be prophets. But when God chooses a prophet, he knows that he won't have to worry about the people, that it will be his word coming day after day through the prophet, feeding, directing, leading the people safely. So that's why I say prophets, true prophets cannot lie. And so I am sharing, God needs you to know this because we don't put them on the same standard as other believers. If a prophet has spoken something that didn't happen, when it's this like more bigger event, not talking about a conditional thing where the person has to obey, but when they speak something that doesn't happen, it's not a place for us to be like, oh, well, they make mistakes and then you keep following. That's not a true prophet. It's not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So um, when, we, when we see these, 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 these 400 prophets, um, we see that their heart isn't, their heart is actually more towards getting what they want. They want their desires to happen more than God's. That was what was going on with 400. There was 400 verse 1. So that tells you something too. If there are several so-called prophets speaking the same thing, according to scripture here, that doesn't mean it's really God speaking. And this is where we have to look at the fruits. This is the wisdom that God wants you to receive today, specifically the fruit. When we talk about fruits, number one, the fruit is, do they have the character of Jesus? When you hear them minister, when you encounter their ministry, are you encountering Jesus? The Jesus that we read about in the Bible, not lukewarm Jesus, not a fake Jesus that doesn't, have, doesn't walk in miracles, but are you experiencing the power of God? Are you experiencing change in your life? Are you experiencing more of a hunger of God and more of a love for God? Um, and are, is, is the ministry coming through the prophet staying focused on Jesus and his love and not getting distracted with things the enemy's doing, right? Because we're called to take authority, to rest in Jesus, and to be full of the fruits of the Spirit, to remain in peace and rest and trust in Him, knowing that God's, God is so much more powerful than the devil. So this is, this is a, a way to determine bad fruits, um, is when a prophet is speaking so much about what the enemy is doing. Um, you should be able to discern what is, what is a distraction. Maybe it's in the name of God they're doing that. But you should be able to discern, um, is this really how Jesus would respond to what's going on right now in the world? Is this really how Jesus would, would, would speak? It's important you be familiar with the word of God. You be familiar with how Jesus was, how he spoke, how he acted. Um, it's important you be familiar with how the, the, the apostles and, and the prophets and the, the ministers in the Acts Church, how they represented Jesus. And you should look at that and to help you determine this is what Jesus looks like. Am I receiving really the heart of Jesus through um, this person? Um, this story we just read about, how there were 400 prophets 
they, they were speaking what they wanted because they wanted King Ahab to win because if King Ahab won, they were getting what they wanted, which was his favor. And, um, they, well, they wanted, they wanted him to, his ears to feel good. They wanted him to be pleased with their prophecies. So that's what, so they're, they're all going with their desires, not God's desires. Um, so you can discern this, like there will be seasons in time and we're seeing one right now where you can discern, is this so-called prophet, are they really humbly wanting God's will? Like, are they really in that posture of God, I just want your will? Or are they possibly going with their own desires? And you, God will give you wisdom and discernment in this area. You know, um, politics, God does not want us to be so involved in because he wants us to be so focused on the things of the spirit. The Bible says not by might, not by power, but by the spirit. And so honestly, it does not matter who is president, who is king, who is in offices of leadership, because those types of things are talking about might and power. But the place, the role of the church is to come with the spirit. When Jesus was on this earth, the government was against him. Um, he didn't tell the disciples, we really have to get somebody different in office. No, it didn't matter at all because his kingdom was not of this world, he says. He says, if my kingdom was of this world, my disciples would be coming here fighting for me to get out, fighting against this worldly government. But my kingdom is not of this world. So um, that can be a red flag too when you, when you see, this is a way to identify fruits, another fruit we're talking about. Um, it's bad fruit when a so-called prophet is so focused on politics or worldly kingdoms in any way or might and power and less in the spiritual realm. In the name of God, you know, they could say God needs to have this happen through this might and power. No, it's not about might. It's not about power. It's about the spirit. Um, so, you know, the desires of your heart, the injustices that you want to see um, God's kingdom come upon, it's going to happen by, by his spirit. God's interested in changing people from the inside out. He's not interested in changing people by might and by power but he's interested in changing people from the inside out. He, our job is to introduce people to Jesus one by one by one by one. And the true Jesus, not religious Jesus, there's no such thing, not judgmental Jesus, there's no such thing, but the true Jesus who comes in power. Our job is to lead people into an encounter with Jesus. So they're encountering his power, his power. Not words, not just words, but his power. Miracles are happening in their life. And this transforms them completely from the inside out. And now we have people coming into the kingdom of God. And now we see even change in the country. And so much more was done this way than by might or by power. So much was done this way than if laws were changed than if a certain person was in office, etc. So much more happens this way. Um, this is revival, but for this to happen, we have to not get distracted. We have to believe in God that he will do the impossible. We have to believe that this is our role. We are called to be vessels of God so that people may have encounters with Jesus and the world is going to change when I do this with my brother and with my sister. Our mind has got to be there. We got to have that faith. We have to put our faith in God 
and really believe, God, you can do the impossible, not put our faith in worldly systems. And so maybe so-called prophets aren't exactly saying, my faith is not in God, but it's in worldly systems. They might not be spelling that out, but God will give you, when you have that childlike heart, not a skeptical heart, but a childlike heart, God will give you that wisdom and discernment to see, ah, it's looking like this so-called prophet is putting their trust in the kingdoms of this world and not in God. It looks like they're being a little distracted from the kingdom work. You know, God will give you that discernment to see, okay, this looks like bad fruit. Okay, this looks like not a true prophet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and you know what? You, when you're looking at this, I, I speak of a childlike heart. You have to have this childlike heart and surrender to God of, God, I want you to have your way. You have to throw out your own desires. You have to be real with yourself about your desires and opinions because many people, a lot of um, false prophets have huge followings because they speak to people what the people want to hear because people have certain opinions and desires that aren't actually God's, but the prophet's speaking their desire. The so-called prophet is speaking their desire. So they go running there. So believers, we have a job to do to really examine our hearts and make sure that deep down we just want God's will. And that involves us being humble, really. Especially if you're watching here and you're living in a like privileged country like America, for example, or even your other countries that um, are more privileged than others. Um, you know, I know that when you're born into America, you kind of automatically, you kind of have to, you're kind of like almost born into ethnocentrism just because of what you're surrounded by and the news and Hollywood and everything. It's just mostly America stuff that you see. And so it's like you're kind of fed by the world that America is best and it's God's favorite. But that's not true. God doesn't have a favorite country. <laughs> America is not God's favorite. Um, but to be real, when you don't intentionally empty out that ethnocentrism, ethnocentrism and that place of privilege, um, you're not going to be able to see what God is doing and hear what God is doing because God cares about certain injustices that you don't see because of how we in the world have been fed ethnocentrism or privilege. Um, or you might not care so much about other countries, but God cares about these other countries and these other people in these other countries just as much as he cares about you. Etc. As an American or another place of privilege, as believers, we have to be aware of this because I, I can see right now that there's a lot of people that think that are believing false prophets because they just haven't emptied themselves out of ethnocentrism to really understand and hear God's heart completely or empty themselves out of privilege or just empty themselves out of their own personal opinions, their own biases, their own what they've grown up in. So it requires your humility and your surrender and your childlike heart to really be able to discern these fruits, to be able to discern where false prophets are, where true prophets are, and where God is really moving, what God is really speaking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to remind you again, there were 400 prophets who were false <laughs> and one true prophet. This is the Bible. This is a story in the Bible. Holy cow. This isn't to scare. Once again, God never gives you a spirit of fear. So this shouldn't, don't allow this to put you in like a skeptical, critical mindset, but um, 
it should take out religiousness of you and um, wrong doctrines like, oh, because this person has so many followers must be their true prophet or because this person and I mean, these people had the favor of King Ahab. So that could be seen as a fruit, but really that's a worldly fruit that these 400 prophets had such favor of King Ahab. You know, that's, that's not um, godly fruit, that's worldly fruit. Yet the true prophet Micaiah was put in jail. So that could be seen as bad fruit. But no, that was worldly bad fruit. But really, God was only speaking through him. God right now, as he's restoring prophets and apostles, and the fivefold ministry into the body of Christ, you're going to see different kinds of servants of God that he's using, and a lot of them won't have huge followings. So God is saying to you right now, um, get that out. Look at this story of Micaiah, how there was only one true prophet and 400 false ones. And what God wants you to look for is his true kingdom. The, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So look for his true kingdom. Get in the word yourself. Read the book of Acts. See what the Acts church looked like. You'll find that miracles were happening, that people were being healed. Demons were cast out. People were even being raised from the dead. There were true prophets. There were true apostles. There were evangelists, pastors, and teachers in the church. Miracles were flowing through the people. Find where the true kingdom of God is. This is a big shift that God is bringing. He's awakening his people, his people who have been stuck in lukewarm places. He's now exposing, awakening, revealing. Revealing where he's not, where many people thought he was, and revealing where he truly is. And the way you can discern this is to just match it with the Bible. When you're really experiencing Jesus, when you're experiencing the power of God, when your spirit's being touched, your spirit, in a place of miracles, the power of God, when you feel more hunger for God, that's where true anointing is. So when you hunger for God, hunger for truly Him, and surrender to Him, and empty out your own desires, empty out the things you knew, but just simply have that childlike surrendered heart, you cannot go wrong. God will lead you perfectly in His will. He will lead you perfectly to the right teachings, the right apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the right place where you can receive from him, be equipped and empowered to be what he's called you to be, to be a powerful vessel of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for speaking to us presently. I thank you, God, that you're still speaking today and your word is precious. Your presence is precious, God. And I thank you, Father, for giving us wisdom and discernment. I thank you, Father, for the shift that you're doing in this time, for exposing where you are, are not and revealing where you are. And I declare that your grace would come upon every single person watching. This anointing would touch you and your wisdom and discernment would increase now in Jesus' name. I declare any scheme of the enemy to deceive you, to keep you out of God's will. I cancel that in Jesus' name. May you be in God's will now and prosper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I declare now for doors to open, for you to be led now to be where God wants you to be and to be only receiving his true word, his true food, his true spirit. Thank you, Father. May this anointing touch you now and may it ignite a fire in you and build hunger, hunger, 
hunger to be surrendered, hunger to be in God's will, hunger for God to have his way, hunger to grow, hunger to be used by him. Receive this now. I release this discernment to your people that you would, they would not be led astray by false prophets or false pastors or false teachers or false evangelists or false apostles. I release that discernment now to discern where God is truly moving that you can receive the reward of the prophet because you are in a place of receiving from a true prophet, that you can be equipped and empowered by the ministry of, an, of true apostles in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I declare the true prophets to arise. I declare a light to shine upon them. I declare doors to open for people to see God is moving here. I declare a light to shine on true apostles for, God to, for people to see God is moving here. Thank you, Jesus. May awareness awaken now that God is restoring the fivefold ministry. May awareness, may people awake now. May people awake now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.